Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. Great job. You guys did great. Let's hear it for them one more time. That was a great song. Well, good to see everybody. I'm Pastor Scott, and sometimes I see you as you're leaving because I'm over in Pasadena at the 9 o'clock service. Uh, But so good to be here with you. Uh, As we think about that song, it's one of my favorite ones. We could spend all time talking about Greatest Showman and things like that. But I just want to start with a question of what is it that you hope for when you lie your head on the pillow at night? What is it that you dream about? What are the things that fill your mind uh, during these days? And obviously our minds, if you're like mine, it kind of races at different places. Maybe you're, you're thinking about jobs, maybe you're thinking about anxiety, maybe you're thinking about relationships, maybe you're thinking about the lotto that you didn't win, I don't know. I thought that would get a better laugh, I don't know. But, uh, <clears throat> but I'm a little dysfunctional in some ways that my brain is always thinking, and it's racing here, there, and everywhere, and and usually it's thinking about how to make things better. You know, this could be better here if there was no more homeless in the world, if there was no more war, if jobs were better, if, you know, you know, we can even go down to relationships. Gosh, if this was perfect, if that was perfect, and, and the reason I say it's dysfunctional is because there's a lot of times that I'm thinking about things that I cannot change. You know, I'm thinking about this, that, and everything. But I think that's the reason I love the words of this song. And this song, A Million Dreams, comes from the movie Greatest Showman. It's loosely based on the story of P.T. Barnum. It's just a great, one of my top five movies. Love the movie. Uh, but, the, but the words themselves go, they can say, they can say, it all sounds crazy. They can say I've lost my mind. I don't care I don't call, if they call me crazy. We can live in a world that we design. Because every night I lie in bed, the brightest colors fill my head. The million dreams are keeping me awake. <clears throat> I think of what the world could be a vision of the one I see. A million dreams is all it's going to take. A million dreams for the world we're going to make. And so there's things that we can make, and we'll talk about that today. There's other things that we can't, obviously. But I wonder what God is, his million dreams are thinking about. And if we personify God and him putting his godlike head on a pillow, I wonder what he's thinking about. I wonder what fills his minds every day. And the reason we're talking about that is because we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, is I wonder what he's thinking about. And it's interesting, Scripture kind of guides us in some different ways in that. And so listen to a few Scriptures that kind of show us the heart of God, that kind of personifies what He's really thinking about. Uh, In Isaiah 65, uh, again, thinking about the new heaven, new earth. But He says, I will create a new heaven. And again, He's talking about Jerusalem, but it's also uh, kind of tri-prophetic. It's not only about Jerusalem, but it's about our kingdom. It's about the future kingdom. It's kind of all wrapped into one. But he says, I will see a new heaven and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and a people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take great delight in my people. 
for the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at 100 will be thought a mere child. Amen? That's right. <clears throat> the one who fails to reach 100 will be considered accursed. <coughs> For they will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat of their fruit. No longer would they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree will be so the days of my people... My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands, for they will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune, uh, for they will be a people blessed by the Lord and their descendants, and I will answer while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, the lion will eat straw like an ox, and the dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountains, says the Lord. So, so, so do you see in the midst of that vision the heart of God, that, that the heart of God is a place where infants are born to thrive, and the, there's old individuals that live out their years. The, there are people who build houses, and, and they're able to live in them. There are people who plant fields, and they're able to eat of its fruit. Instead of somebody else partaking of that, it's a place of fullness, a place of rightness, a place where it's all good. And it kind of jumps to John's vision in Revelations. In Revelation 21, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and there's no longer any sea. And jumping down a little bit to verse 3, it says, They will be his people, and his God himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the older th- order of things have passed away. What an amazing thought. A place of no more pain. I think that's what God lays his head at night to think about. And it jumps then to the New Testament. People say, well, that's just a vision. That's just Isaiah. But think about when Jesus or John the Baptist asked Jesus, are you the Messiah? Are you the Christ? Or should we look for somebody else? So he asked a theological question and here's Jesus's response. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and you've heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. You know, there's just tons of scriptures. And we look at Sermon on the Mount, we can look at where Jesus says, uh, you know, by this all people will know that you're my disciples, you're my followers, by the way that you love one another. And so the whole idea of all of these scriptures are that the heart of God is looking for something that is better, something that is good, a place of love, a place at the micro level, obviously, but also at the macro level. So when we personify the heart of God into things of this earth, it's all that is good, all that is right. Uh, he uses the term peace a lot, and obviously in Hebrew, shalom is not just absence of violence, but it's holistic peace. It's the fullness of everything, where everything is provided for. In the Old Testament, there's also uses of the word justice and righteousness. Now, it's interesting. We sometimes separate the two. We'll, we'll say justice is one thing, and righteousness is internal, and justice is external. But in the Hebrew, usually you see both of those words as parallel words right next to each other. Because in the Hebrew, it's all one. It's the fullness of what is good in the universe, what is good in the world, good for us individually, 
but also good what is right in our neighborhoods. We desire justice. We desire rightness, righteousness, the fullness of what God has. And that's the part of, <clears throat> sorry, uh, I don't preach every week three times like Dave does. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But it's deep within the heart of God that he desires the fullness of, for us individually as well as externally. And so, we, you know, we've sang different times the song, Good, Good Father. And we believe that he is. And that he, but he works through us. Maybe you had a good father. I didn't have, uh, I had, you know, different father situations and uh, you might have as well. But there's something inside of us that wants the fullness of a good, loving, heavenly father. But that God works his love through us. And so we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Dave, you know, used the term about hovering over us. I love that as a thought, that the fullness of God, the fullness of who He is, is always loving, always good, always directing and allowing His wisdom to soak into our life. Uh, Pastor Colton talked about the, the Spirit being breath in the Old Testament quite often. And I love that thought as we breathe in the fullness, we breathe in rightness, and we get back to where we should be. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what does it mean to, uh, not only John 16 talking about truth, but also what does it mean to abide and give fruit? And so listen to the words in John 16. <clears throat> and as we think about truth, a lot of times we think about truth intellectually. We think about it, oh, I have truth. But most of the way of truth has to do with the way of Christ, the way of his modeling, the way of everything that is right, everything that is good, and that which is true. And that's the reason we'll talk a little bit, you know, John says, you can't say you love God, but yet hate your brother. Th those are disconnected. Uh, and so in the same way, that which is true is that which is loving, that which is good. And so as I read the scripture, think about fruit in that way. That fruit, whereas we're going to talk about, a lot of times we think of fruit being what it is in Galatians. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. Uh, but fruit is beyond just internal rightness. It, it is rightness in the world as well. It's making an impact in love. That's the reason you'll see in verse 9 through 10, he quickly jumps to love. And so a lot of times we'll look at fruit as internal fruit, but it's also internal and external fruit. Let's start with John 16. It says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he tells you what is yet to come. So in other words, his truth, his heart, empowering us as his people. John 15. <clears throat> I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. Think about in the context, everybody who impacts the world, he's going to prune you so that you can impact the world even more with love. So verse 3, you are already clean because, the, I have, because of the word I have spoken to you. So remain in me as I also remain in you. No, bear, no branch can impact the world, can bear fruit by itself but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. 
For I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. You will impact the world in love. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away, and such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. For this is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Watch the jump towards love here, being synonymous with bearing fruit. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. So now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. For I have told you that this, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So my command is this, he says, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. For you are my friends if you do what I command. And again, we might have read this scripture time and time again. And earlier, and I pastored for 30, 30 plus years, earlier I would teach on the fact that fruit was your internal fruit, the love, joy, peace, peace, and kindness. But it's interesting how it connects within verse 9. This is all about the fullness of God's kingdom that John is trying to show. And then in chapter 16, he goes into truth and the way And it's the fullness of what Christ is. And so the virtue of love does not come just through feeling and knowing, but the virtue of love comes through doing. And again, it's always both and. Obviously, we feel Christ in this Holy Spirit. We acknowledge Christ in the things that we know, and we want to know Scripture, and we want to know His will and His way. But the virtue of love also comes through doing. It's kind of that triangle of what does it mean to live out the values of His kingdom? And so we obviously know that the Holy Spirit works through miraculous ways, and I give room for that. Uh, there's things that I can't above and beyond even ask or imagine. Especially in other countries, there's times when people see visions or dreams, and they come to Christ because of the vision or dreams. However, most of my experience, and I can only speak from that, most of my experience, when I experience that God is the good, good Father, does not come from a miraculous Holy Spirit it comes through you. It, it comes through individuals. And so I would like to say today that the primary working of the Holy Spirit is through you. You are his plan A. Uh, you're not plan B. Jesus didn't say, you know, just hang out in your room forever. No, he said, wait until you get the Holy Spirit and then go out and go to Samaria and Judea and on the inner, uttermost parts of the world. But the plan A is us. The plan A is you. And so when we think about that, uh, uh, we are participating in his work and his mission. Uh, Richard Rohr in a devotional recently said, before conversion, we tend to think of God being out there. After transformation, God is not out there. We don't look at reality. We look from reality. We are in the middle of it now. We are part of it. The whole thing is what I call a mystery of participation. I'm not writing the story by myself. I'm a character inside of God's story that is being written in cooperation with God and the rest of humanity. So this changes everything about how I see my life and our lives together. Uh, I don't know about you, but that just not only puts pressure on, but it gets me excited. It's not just, oh, God's going to do some great work over there. But no, he's calling all of us to be part of that mission. 
And so, again, he has, Pastor Dave's talked about this as well, is that, you know, there's a covenant relationship that God himself is the one that is all loving, all good. He's like wanting all of the world to come to repentance and be able to experience his love. But he also wants us, he gives us free will to be able to respond, to be able to be that primary, that plan A, that participatory theology that God wants to use to change the world. And so, uh, you know, again, we end up looking at the whole thought, uh, not just that his love, when his Holy Spirit works in us, but he works in us as he's already preveniently going before us and working in the world. He wants to join us. Uh, He wants us to join him in this process. And so I just got three quick points I want you to think of as we think about this. And we're going to look at our uh, and meld this into our faith promise and the mission of God here at Montrose Church. The first thing is we see that God's heart is the source of love. Would you say love with me? Love. And if you're online, you just said it as well. Love. That's right. That God's heart is the source of love. I think this is really important. Then in John 15, again, he says, uh, that really, apart from me, you can do nothing. So he is the ultimate source of love. Even for people who don't know him as Lord and Savior, when they experience love, we would believe that he is the sovereign, uh, ultimate, uh, the highest good, as uh, I've heard Pastor Dave say as well, uh, is that he is the source of love. And so if any time we are not loving and we get out of that, we need to come back and abide with him. We don't just need to try harder, try harder, I need to be more loving. We need to abide with him. He is the source of love. You can't say, oh, I'm in God, but then you're being a jerk on the drive over here, you know. Uh, Or you can't be a jerk to whoever you want to dot, 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 you can fill in. Uh, Those two are disconnects. You can't say you love God, but yet hate your brother. Uh, I I love this as a quote. Father Greg Boyle in his book, Boundless Compassion, says, Close both of your eyes and see only with the other one from your soul. Uh, Then we are no longer saddled by the burden of persistent judgments and our ceaseless withholding of constant exclusion. Our sphere is widened and we find ourselves ourselves quite unexpectedly in a new expanse of location in a place of endless acceptance and infinite love. And so what Father Greg is saying is, at those times where you feel like you're, you're excluding people, you're not expressing love to somebody, just close your eyes take a deep breath, and realize that that person, again, we'll talk about is worthy of love, that we need to reconnect, take a deep breath, pray, connect to the source of love being God himself. And so, first of all, that God's heart is a source of love. The second thing is, is that God's heart sees all as worthy. Would you say all with me? Oh, because you know what all means? All. That's right. That's right. Is that There's different times when I end up thinking, and if I'm honest, uh, completely transparent, there's some people that I'm like, I don't know if I really want to express love to them. And you can, you know, if you're filling in the blank, you can fill it in with your own self. Uh, But all means all. And so when we think of the Holy Spirit hovering over us, that not only here, but in your families, in your workplace, it gives a different perspective for me, thinking of him hovering over the, all of the world, and is there any barrier that I would put between myself and somebody else that they are not worthy of that love? I don't know about you, but it steps on my toes. It steps 
on all of our toes. That's the reason you have the prophets. That's the reason you have minor prophets. That's the reason you have Jesus confronting the Pharisees. That's the reason we have Scripture to remind us again and again and again that all means all. Uh, Leroy Barber in his book Embrace says that we must make this world more personal so that we can care for one another in ways that lift each other up and invite creativity instead of fostering distrust. Uh, I love that. It doesn't mean that when we say all is all, that that's going to be an easy thing. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's going to be really difficult. It's difficult for us internally, but it's also difficult if you really live that out. Uh, I remember one time when I was involved in a ministry of Starting Hope Gardens, which was a shelter in the Silmar area. And we thought that was the right thing to do, but I attended 33 community meetings because of neighbors that didn't want that in their backyard. 33. And I remember one specific individual that put his finger in my chest and said, if you bring the homeless in our neighborhood and they come into my yard, I'm going to shoot them. Okay, all right, well, we'll make sure and stay away from your yard. You know, I mean, uh, but 33 meetings because people didn't necessarily want that. And so it's not necessarily always easy when we listen to the Holy Spirit. It's not always easy, but is there any barrier, whether it's, uh, maybe it's someone with a disability that's difficult to love. Maybe it's someone because of another race, another culture. Maybe it's another political belief. It's another dot, dot, dot. We can all fill in the gaps or fill in that sentence. But the issue is, is that we see in the vine, when we connect with the vine and we try to bear fruit, it's not just bearing fruit for some, it's bearing fruit for all. And so God's heart sees all as worthy to receive God's love. The third thing we end up seeing in, in the Scripture is the whole idea that, God, and I said this before, is that God's plan, God's heart, has you as His plan A for the world. Uh, he has you as His plan A. There's not a plan B. You know, His miraculous intervention is not the main plan. I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I've been pastoring a long time, and I rarely see miracles. Now, you could say it's because of my faith, and you could say it's because, you know, I don't know. But the reality is, is that the plan A is us. The plan A of showing God's love to the world is what Jesus planned on. That's the reason he talked about it so much. Yes, God does intervene in different ways. But his plan A is always you. It's always the church. It's the church should be the one that would be not only speaking, but showing radical acts of love. Bishop Desmond Tutu, one of my favorite quotes He's the Episcopal bishop in South Africa, says, The church must be that prophetic voice which cries out, Thus saith the Lord, that speaks up against injustice and violence and oppression and anything that dehumanizes God's children and makes them less of what they are intended to be. I just love that. So it's not necessarily just that we speak up, but that we show up, that we reflect God's love. Uh, and that means that we put ourselves right out there. To say, Lord, use me. Uh, sometimes we're good at that, aren't we? But other times we're not. And I got to be honest, I, I, I don't want, there's different times when I feel like I've listened to the Holy Spirit. And it was really clear. I, I know when I moved from the Midwest out to Los Angeles and planted a church in Skid Row, that was definitely God kind of guiding and directing and opening door in situations. If you know our family history, uh, uh, my wife and I brought in different kids into our home 
out of that ministry in Skid Row, and we really felt like that was the right thing to do. We didn't plan on it. It was just right before us. You say, I'm going to take this step and do this. I don't know if it's the right thing, but I just sense this is the right way to go. Way to go. But there are hundreds of times that God is hovering over going, I wish you would have loved in this situation. And I walked right by. I, I wish you would have sacrificed and really gone above and beyond, but you didn't. And it's probably you as well that we together say, Lord, I just want to be used by you. I know that I'm your plan A. Forgive me when I am too selfish, I'm too distracted, I'm too absorbed with something else, but that I, we are his plan A. And so I want to shift to uh, the thought about Montrose Church, is that you are doing amazing things around the world through the ministries inside this church, uh, from your own tithes and offerings that are doing amazing things with our youth ministry and our children's ministry and so many different aspects of worship on the weekends. But you're also expanding God's love around the corner and around the world. That through Faith Promise, which are our partnerships that we support, whether it's Because You Matter, which is our non-religious nonprofit that ends up allowing corporate donations to be able to do some amazing work. One recently helped scholarships with our STARS program to be able to do that. And so whether it's our tithes and offerings pocket, whether it's our faith promise, whether it's Because You Matter, uh, you're doing amazing things where you have been listening to the Holy Spirit. We as a church listen to the Holy Spirit, and we end up responding uh, that he is the source of love. He's the one who guides and directs us. He's the one that helps us to see that all are worthy. And that he helps us then to realize that we're as plan A to respond to the world. Uh, with that, we partner with other institutions. Uh, we learned a long time ago that we don't have to do everything. There's already amazing things that are being done out there in the world. Sometimes, most of them are with Christian organizations. There are a few that are non-Christian organizations, but they're doing such amazing work that we see that as part of the, of the kingdom of God to connect with them and reflect and collaborate as part of God's kingdom. Instead of just isolate with one, we can help others. And Saving Innocence is one of those that does amazing work you'll talk about. Uh, we're going to watch a video here in a second, but I want to remind you that each of us has a step that's involved in this. Mother Teresa said, in this life, we cannot do great things, but we only do small things with great love. Dr. King said, not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be great because greatness is determined by service. And you only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. There's a lot of souls that have been generated by love to help a lot of the partnerships be manifested. And so if the video is working... I want you to watch this, and I'll follow up. From up here, it just looks like a little church on the corner. If you were to zoom in, you would see lots of smiling faces, a worshiping community of people who genuinely love and care for each other. But to understand the full story of who Montrose Church is, you actually need to zoom out. Pasadena Brzee campus, STARS provides children and youth with a comprehensive after-school program. Many of the kids come from homes that face anxiety due to poverty and family immigration status. 
STARS programs provide over 9,000 hours of tutoring and mentoring to more than 200 students annually. of Skid Row, Central City Community Outreach and Church is a tangible expression of Christ's love in the most densely populated area of homelessness in the nation. This community-based congregation provides daily food support and discipleship programs, as well as a weekly worship service for the 15,000 people that call Skid Row home. Throughout LA County, Saving Innocence serves, empowers, and advocates for child victims of sex trafficking 24 hours a day, seven days a week, by utilizing strategic partnerships with law enforcement, social service providers, and schools. Your support helps this incredible organization be a light in a very dark place. the other side of the world in Manzini Eswatini. Over the past five years, you have helped build churches, support orphanages, and much more. Because of your support, children are daily receiving education, love, and food. Our partnership with Eswatini reflects the global reach of Montrose Church as a reflection of God's amazing and compassionate love for the world. These are just a few of the examples of why we are not just a little church on the corner. Our strategic partnerships and your continued generosity impact the world. And together, we can continue to zoom out. Thanks a lot for Eric for putting that video together, but you know, <laughs> but we don't even have time to tell you about other great partners. You know, Elizabeth House that has a shelter for mothers and babies in Pasadena area, Tierra del Sol and Special Olympics that ends up supporting individuals with disabilities, helping to find work and meaning. Uh, individuals like the Immigration Resource Center that operates out of a church of the Nazarene in Monrovia. Uh, even our own emergency assistance that helps or individuals in our congregation to help pay sometimes rent and utilities. Uh, the, the God is working in so many different ways through your tithes and offerings, through our own local ministries, but also through faith promise and because you matter to be able to do the works of God's kingdom. As we said, the Holy Spirit works empowers, reminds us of love and compassion that we need to show not only to our family, to our workplaces, to our neighbors, but also around the corner and around the world. And so that's the reason I love the thought of, uh, you know, a million dreams is what are we dreaming about? We're dreaming that the world can be a much better place and you're part of that plan A. Uh, I'm not going to be passing the offering plates, but I really want to encourage you to recommit yourself to sharing of your tithes and offerings with the church. 
Not only sharing tithes and offerings, but helping to support Faith Promise so we can partner even at a greater level with some of these great partner agencies. Uh, if you have a corporation that wants to give to Because You Matter, that's another opportunity. In every way, we commit our hearts in prayer. We commit sometimes our resources through giving. We commit our own hands towards volunteering in different ways. But in all ways, God is using you as plan A to live out the million dreams of His heart. If the band had come back, just want to close with the words of this great song. I think of what the world could be, a vision of the one I see. A million dreams is all it's going to take. A million dreams for the world, we participating with God and His Holy Spirit, that we are going to make. With God, may it be so. Would you pray with me? Lord, you are always, always, by your Holy Spirit, aligning us with love, aligning us with your ways, aligning us with your righteousness and justice and shalom in the world in which we live. I deeply thank you so much for the faithfulness of your believers that have given not only their tithes and offerings, but their faith promise giving in any way, not only financially, but also their hands to volunteer and their heart of prayer to support what we're doing. But Lord, we want to seek you one more time. As we said in the quote, we don't do great things, but we can do some uh, great things with your love. We are a soul generated by love that just presents ourselves into your hands and say, Lord, may your Holy Spirit use us. Use us to do your great work in the world in which we live. And so, Lord, may you bless your people this morning, reminding us that your Holy Spirit is always directing us towards love. You are the source of love. So if we are angry, if we are filled with anxiety, help us to abide back with you. Help us to see the world as worthy of love with those that we disagree with. Help us to radically live out your compassion and your love, not only around the corner, but around the world. And Lord, finally, help us to realize that we are your plan A, that you desire to use us to radically show that love to the world. And so, Lord, thank you for this time that we can celebrate your goodness as we commit to it your work again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.